broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. For me, uh, where I came from, uh, poverty, African Americans, uh, special needs kids, uh, got bullied my whole life, which I never really cared about because I just ignored anything that was negative. And my grandmother told me that I had a unique gift and it was to just concentrate on things that was more positive. So I thought about my mom who passed away six years ago and all of a sudden, you try to get emotional, Freddie, you know that. But sometimes you think about the big picture of all the kids who, who, who are growing up like me, they're saying, you know, I can maybe do the same thing. Matter of fact, I can do it. So that, that makes me feel very good. That is Leroy Butler, and he will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow at noon, along with Tony Vaselli enshrinement ceremonies in the afternoon instead of the evening. Brett Martineau here in Canton, Ohio. What a week it's been. And one of the things I love about uh, Vaselli and Butler, oh, there's a few things really I've noticed. They are really enjoying the moment. I mean, the permagrin has been terrific to watch, smiling and really soaking it in. I think you could see that last night on TV when they took to the field. The other thing about both of those guys, Baselli and Butler, they know the impact on the city of Jacksonville this has. They know the impact on the, on the Jags this has for Baselli and uh, where Butler grew up and, and what this means and the pride that comes out of it. So I really give them a lot of credit for recognizing that and knowing that and really joining hands as this class of 2022 with this significant Jacksonville connection. And uh, we're having a blast covering it. It's fun to watch, and it will culminate uh, tomorrow here at the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And right now, we welcome in a uh, longtime PR guy for the Jags, director of communications, probably had like 15 titles along the way. But as we say, he's an OG. He's an original guy in the Jags organization, uh, much like Tony Baselli being the first ever draft pick and now the first Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Dan Edwards, now in retirement, which I hope you're enjoying, is up here in Canton, Ohio, to celebrate with Tony Baselli. Dan, thanks for taking a couple of moments, and uh, this seems like a big deal for Jacksonville and the Jaguars, doesn't it? There's no question, Brent. Um, it, it's it's a really big day, and I think I knew that coming in, but I think um, seeing how many Jaguars fans were coming up on the planes and how many people are here from Jacksonville, um, and as you said, not just for Tony, but for Leroy, Leroy also. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a big day for, for football fans from Jacksonville. Dan, you've been around this thing from day one. What Did you know it? from day one or early on that first season uh, how great Tony was uh, I wasn't here I didn't live through that and see that but but many of you did uh, did it hit you right away yeah you knew coming in that, that Tony was special because of the way Tom Coughlin talked about him and, and the way he described him uh, at his size to be able to move the way he did and the feet he had and the hands so you know as excited as as, um, as Tom was about him uh, I think we all saw that very quickly, that, that uh, he was right. This guy was, was really something special. I don't think you ever look at a guy in his rookie year and say that's a Hall of Famer, but uh, there was no question that, that he was different and elite and uh, had a bright future. Dan Edwards joins us on ESPN 690. Uh, when you see from your position, you're right inside, in the trenches with everybody in that organization, and from day one, which also is extra special, to watch a guy mature and grow up and, and maybe some of the, the ups and downs and be so close to it, it almost must feel like your own kid is going into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way of putting it because uh, 
you know, Tony came in as a as a rookie, and I was going to say a raw rookie. He wasn't real raw. He was pretty polished um, when he when he began. But that's just part of it. You really you guys have to learn to be pros and have to grow up and learn how to um, handle the business and and all the things that come at him. And and Tony obviously has done a great job of doing that. He um, you know he handled the the media. He, he became a spokesman for the team very quickly. Um, people in the room respected him. Um, listened to what he said, and, and the media obviously gravitated to him. And um, so you're right; it's, it's like watching when your kids grow up and and, uh, and graduate. We have this recency bias, I think, in all walks of life, and and we know what we're living in or what we've seen uh, in the last couple of years or few years, and what we've lived through ever since I got the town. Unfortunately, in 2008, is is not a lot of wins. It's been a lot of tough times. Uh, but you right. you saw those glory days. I mean, those glory days were impactful, uh, meaningful, still resonate with a lot of people that made that plane trip up to Canton, Ohio over the last couple of days and will celebrate uh, tomorrow. Uh, is it important for this to take place to remember that the glory days of this organization, at least as of now, and hopefully there will be many more of them, but this next step for something like this to happen, is it important to kind of put an exclamation point? And hopefully, by the way, he'll soon be joined by the likes of Tom Coughlin, uh, Fred Taylor, and, and maybe even a Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully this is the first of what will become many uh, Hall of Famers um, from from the Jaguars. But uh, I, I think, you know, there's so much that goes into it, and there's there's so many great memories in the early years. And, and you're right, there was a lot of uh, good winning and playoffs early on, and then that, that kind of thing. And, and it, it occurs to me that a, a, a teenager in Jacksonville now has, has probably never seen uh, more than one winning Jaguar season because – you know, the last 10, 11 years, whatever it's been, uh, there's only been one winning season. So we need to turn that around. We need uh, the next generation of fans to see that this franchise um, can win and will win and and uh, just kind of try to erase the past and, and, uh, and get past that. And uh, Hopefully with, uh, with the team this year starting last night, hopefully uh, there's going to be a lot of winning in the future. Dan Edwards, who recently retired from the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, he's, he's kind of a behind-the-scenes guy, but you know the name uh, if you've followed the Jags for a long time, and he's been with the Jags since day one uh, and is up here in Canton, Ohio, to celebrate Tony Vaselli tomorrow, an enshrinement uh, day in Canton, Ohio. I came in in 2008, I mentioned that, but the process I started to follow, Dan, I, I was at every Super Bowl when they voted, and he was a finalist, and unfortunately he got the phone call instead of the knock. But I don't think people realize this part. You guys really picked it up on your end, too, to make a push for Tony Baselli, right? Can you give us a little insight on the presentations and what went into that? And we had Sam Kavaris on yesterday talking about his presentation and how he had to um, you know, talk to the committee about Tony and why he belong, should belong in the Hall of Fame. But what did it look like from your end? What did you guys try to do as an organization? Well, we did a lot, as you said, there's a lot behind the scenes, but beginning with Tony, when Tony first became a finalist, um, it, it's in a sense, it's kind of like having a, a Heisman trophy, trophy race. You know, you you've got your candidate, and you want more people to know who, who this guy is and how good he was. And especially for somebody that's been out of the game for a few years. Um, and, and unfortunately, a lot of those voters that are on the Hall of Fame committee uh, did not see Tony play. They they weren't um, covering the game when when he was playing. So you, you almost have to paint a picture for him. And and we. I actually changed our tactics every year. We did a mailer, did a 
kind of a glossy one sheeter with uh, his his facts and figures. And one of the challenges with an offensive lineman is you just don't have stats. It's not like a running back or a quarterback. So we had to um, rely on a lot of quotes from other people. So I started gathering uh, quotes from from players that he played with and against, um, from Hall of Famers, people like Bruce Smith and Jason Taylor, um, and and tried to. Uh, um, you, you know, find the people that were going to say, yeah, this guy was great and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then really push those out to the voting committee. We, we sent them mailers and uh, we put together video clips that we uh, sent to them all. Um, so, again, the, the effort was really, you know, Tony's going to get in on his on his merits, but our job, I, I felt, was to um, kind of educate not just the voters but maybe football fans in general. Uh, about Tony and how good he was and, and the player that he was and why he deserves to be honored this way. Hey, Dan, uh, Aaron Schachter here. Uh, long time no talk, man. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, Aaron, but... how are you? Great, man. I'm, gl I'm glad to hear your voice, man. It's been a few years. I was kind of curious if you learned anything through the process with trying to get Tony into the hall that maybe you or even, obviously, you're retired now, but the organization takes forward with them as they start looking at players like Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, or even guys like Tom Coughlin. Yeah, I think uh, we, we kind of created a good template um, with Tony. And, and, of course, finally, you know, we were successful and, and uh, he got in. So I agree. I think Fred, Jimmy, Tom Coughlin, they're going to be other guys that deserve consideration and, and deserve to go in. And so I think, um, as you said, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that anymore, but I think we established a, a kind of a good baseline for how to go about it and how to educate the voters. One of the other things I really enjoyed about the process is, is getting to know a lot of these people on the committee. There, there were 48 selectors on the committee, and uh, I did not know all of them. I knew, I'll bet I knew half of them at least um, from just over the years uh, working with them. But I was able to reach out to a lot more and, and talk with them and um, kind of establish a relationship. So that was part of the enjoyable thing also was, um, was talking to more people about Tony, not just about Tony, but about the game. And I think going forward that would that would be the case as well we, we need to make sure that uh that there's a, a good relationship going forward with the committee dan edwards with us on espn 690 all right i'm gonna let you go man but uh you, know, you got the festivities there's gonna be a lot of emotion i think from tony for a lot of people around him a lot of pride it's almost in a weird way i can't believe it's it'll it'll be done like we don't have to try to push tony anymore to the hall of fame it's kind of strange <laughs> I, I mentioned that to his sister jennifer when i was out there in colorado she's like yeah i don't know what we do next <laughs> it's kind of a weird yeah. deal but uh, but it's an awesome yeah, one. Just in, yeah, everybody just enjoy it while we can. It's great. <laughs> well, and I think you will. There'll be a big party on Saturday night here in Canton, Ohio. How much fun will yeah. that be to kind of really put the exclamation point, put it in the rear view, and also it'll be like a Jags reunion. I'm sure there are so many folks that you know uh, from over the yeah. years that will be there. Yeah, it really will be. There are going to be a lot of former players and coaches here for that, and uh, obviously Tony's family and friends and a lot of Jaguars people. Um, so, yeah, it's really going to be nice to celebrate Tony and, and his accomplishment. And uh, I know he's got, got a lot of people that he wants to thank. Um, and he's, he's been, I think Tony's handled this whole thing great. I really I, I admire uh, the way he handled the, the disappointment for four or five years in a row of not getting in um, after being a finalist, but then the way he's handled it with class this year. So, yeah, tomorrow night's going to be a great celebration of, of him and, and uh, his career and his family. Well, Dan, uh, have fun at it. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. You're a big part of it. Uh, uh, Tony Baselli getting into the uh, Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio. So thanks for the time, and Enjoy the, the weekend. You too. Good talking to you guys. Thanks, Brent.
All right, uh, that is Dan Edwards, a longtime PR guy and one of the best in the biz. In fact, uh, recently, I don't want to bring this up with him on the phone, but we celebrated Dan when he went into retirement. And you should have seen all the folks that showed up for that party. Oh, I bet. And toasted Dan. And, and you really got an appreciate. I always appreciate Dan anyways. He's been awesome to me uh, since I've been in town. And uh, it, I got a new level of appreciation for how much people respected him. And I think that's what will be interesting tomorrow night. I think you'll see that. I think, uh, Tony, it will sink in tomorrow. Uh, around noon or 1 or one thirty when he makes the, the speech. But then I think tomorrow night when he sees this big party, and by the way, it is a big party. I won't tell you the dollar figure on it, but I, <laughs> I've heard. Um, and I think it will sink in even more to see all those people up close and personal. And I think he'll get more than six to eight minutes to deliver some thank yous at I that bet. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool day. Cool part. Wanted to uh, bring in some, some of the folks that, that are behind the scenes on this because I think the process has been pretty neat to watch unveil uh, at times been very frustrating but I think you asked a good question Aaron does it lay the blueprint and I'm a big believer and I said this to Sam yesterday I'm a big believer that this move to get Tony Baselli in does now knock down that door opens that and, door opens that glass ceiling up and he, the thing is when it when it's unsuccessful it's you know you learn lessons from those too but I don't know. Sometimes you tend to focus on things went wrong. We got to do it differently. But when it's successful, you know, that success leaves clues. And so you talk about guys like a Fred Taylor, like a Jimmy Smith, who might be a little more on the bubble than some others. Certainly Tom Coughlin. What about this, though? What about over in Indiana? You got the mascot Hall of Fame. Where's Jackson at? Is that where it is in Indiana? In Whitting, Indiana, man. Let's get Jackson. He's not in it yet? No, they got a bunch of schlubs in here. A bunch of bums, as Casey would say. <laughs> a bunch of bums. Do you want Boomer from the Indiana Pacers no. in there? Do you want Boomer. Jackson DeVille? Who the hell is so, Boomer? So who gets in? Does the mascot get in, or does the guy that was the mascot the, the, get in? It looks like the mascot. I don't see any real names up here. It looks like the like the Philly Fanatic is up there. The Suns Gorilla is in there. Got to. Yeah, the Oriole Bird, I don't know. Mr. Met, he deserves to be in there. Well, he should be to be honest with you, I mean... Jackson, uh, Curtis and, and Jackson DeVille, I mean, changed the game in the mascot. Oh, business. yeah. This is what I'm saying. That guy was a celebrity as a mascot in and out of the costume. <laughs> he deserves to be in there, man. Yeah, that's wild. I didn't even know that existed, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't either. When does, when's the Are we uh, going up for that week? <laughs> we should. <laughs> that would be awesome. And then have Curtis just jump in from the roof of whatever building is closest. He doesn't even need the costume. When do they let people go in for that? When's, like, the induction? I got to read more about it. Okay. Casey, I, thought, I thought it was Casey, on the screen. I don't, you couldn't make the trip. About you couldn't make the trip to see Baselli get in the Canton, but, but I can do the that. trip we have to get it. To, we'll be staying in an RV. Yeah. We'll be staying in that prison bus that Minshew had. Listen, I tell you what, I'm always down for a good trip, fellas. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter. Tony Baselli, Jackson Deville. Either way, I'm just happy to be there. Ah, man, uh, great to have Dan Edwards on talking about it. A big time party tomorrow here uh, in Canton, Ohio, and. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. I, again, I, I think it's worth repeating uh, what we're seeing. It, it's pretty wild, to be honest with you, because Tony's been here since last Thursday. He told me yesterday he played a little golf, so he snuck in early. And then he hurt his back. Like he's, I think I said this yesterday on the show, but he is really dealing with a bad back right now. Like it's, it's been an issue. That's tough. And he's getting uh, physical therapy. Um, and, and you know, some medication and everything that it takes. And he's been able to get to the events, thankfully. But it was like middle of the week. It was a concern, like a big-time concern for him. And so he's wrestled with that. He's obviously got family. And you know, anything, you know when you got a lot of family, heck, even if you just have five people of your family coming in. It's too much. It, it weighs on you sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? You yeah, want to man. take care of them. Or what, do they, what do they need to do? What do I sure. need to do for them? Everyone do have you, their tickets. Do they know where to be? Do they have the times? Yeah. yeah. 
Now, in credit to, again, we talked to Jennifer Wright, really. It's it's not Baselli anymore. Uh, she's married. But uh, she said the family was taking care of a lot of that. and they were put, But they were bringing everybody. Like, this is a date. This was their family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Tony's third cousin twice removed is going to be. Oh, yeah, crowd. everybody. Everybody. And, and so. As they should. Uh, and it's a big family. They have a big family. So uh, that part of it is interesting to me. And so the wild thing is. I didn't see Tony, and we were here Tuesday night, but I didn't see him until yesterday afternoon for the first time. And then we saw him obviously go out on the field, and then I saw him, and I tweeted this video of him leaving the game yesterday, and he was signing some autographs for people on his way out. Those were not my people, by the way. I think those <laughs> no, those were weren't your people. Yeah, That's those right. Those weren't your people. people. How's uh, that though? If they were also my people, but anyway, go ahead. And then uh, today, again, the, the photo op with all the other Hall of Famers. In fact, I just retweeted the Jags Twitter, and it's with all the Hall of Famers that are here. Uh, in Centennial Plaza. Wait, uh, all of park. them? Like every Hall of Famer in or just this year? No, no, everyone that's, that's come Bruce back. Is Bruce Smith the there? Is Bruce Smith oh, in the boy. picture? Somebody pull it. I'll do it. But I Bruce got Smith will definitely be here. By Where's the way. my phone? And the thing about Bruce is, you know, and, and Sam said this yesterday, like Tony doesn't think it's as big a deal as everybody else. But Tony's you know? a good guy. Like, you, you wouldn't expect him to do that. Like, what, we're going to rep it here the way go. it should have been repped. Tony's going to do it the way a nice guy does it. And I saw the interview last night with NBC, and, man, could you see the smile on Tony's face? Like, oh, he's man. enjoying it. Right to ear. Like, it's great. Like, that's really cool. But my point is it's hard to enjoy some of these things in the moment and soak it in. And people say that about Super Bowl week. Like, if you go to the Super Bowl, they're like, oh, man, I wish I really would have enjoyed it a, a bit more mm. because it went by so fast, and I had all these responsibilities, and I was practicing, and I was trying to stay focused. But I can see that. And, and I think these guys are doing a fantastic job. Of, uh, of really soaking it in. I think the hall protects them a bit. You know, like, the hall does not make them available to any of us. That's pretty interesting. You would think the it, hall would want them front and center, right? Well, well, they got them front and center doing a lot of things, but I think that's their way of protecting them. That you, We're not a lot, like, we're all here. And, by the way, it doesn't sit well with all of us. And we can't <laughs> talk. I actually stole, like, a minute of, uh, like, an interview for him uh, while he was signing autographs yesterday. I'm not sure if we was supposed to do it, but... You're, they just don't make them available, which is really odd. But I would say this. Everything else is well well run. Like from the game yesterday, the access to the hall and what you're allowed to do, I think everything has been really classy and well done and accessible for the media. Like we can't complain. I think the only thing to complain about would be it would be nice to be able to talk tomorrow afternoon to Tony after he gives a speech or Leroy Butler. And we're not allowed to do it. I think some of the network folks – have been able to do some things like NBC last night during the game. Um, but that's a little odd to, to not have a chance to talk to the central figure of why you're up here. Yeah, you're your home guy, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, that, that would be the only knock. But again, I want to make sure I say this. It's uh, it, it's really run well. Like, this is a cool thing to cover. It's the first thing I've, first time I've covered it, and I think the Hall does a fantastic job, and, and it's a fun event. So if you have a chance ever to come back, and hopefully another Jag will be in, I, I think maybe Tom Coughlin next, put it on the list uh, because it's really cool uh, to be a part of it. And I think these guys have really enjoyed it, and I like to see that. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, parade in this small town. Hopefully the weather holds for that. And then uh, coming up for the enshrinement at uh, noon again, which is scheduled probably to last about three hours. And I like that it's at noon rather than in the late evening. Like that, uh, I don't know if that's just a media guy talking, <laughs> or I just think that's better because now these guys can go have a party tomorrow night. Yeah, like if you want to go to have a party with your that starts family, at sure. Yeah, and we because they they want to celebrate with their family and yeah. everything. Right? We got to get this in. Who runs the Jag social media? Uh, well, I think it's a a, a few. 
Can we clap it up for them, please? I'll tell you why in a second. Oh, it sounds like they used the picture to Why uh, is nobody clapping? Shade Bruce I'm dead Smith. serious. Let's clap it up, please. We're clapping. What did they do? In the photo, you see all the Hall of Famers, and in the top left corner, corner you see a little Jags logo covering the face of Bruce Smith. Of Bruce Smith. <laughs> yeah. You think they did that on purpose? The pettiness well, is I, real. I don't think it was an accident, Brett. Oh, it was actual. Oh, it wasn't like a corner logo. They actually put they put the, the logo face. on his face. <laughs> good. That is good. Amazing. That's what you get. Like I'm oh, not bum. sure they should do that, but that is amazing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony may not like Man. it, but we do. Bruce Smith. <laughs> uh, that is. You got to go see that if you can on the Jaguars Twitter. <laughs> that's really good that's really good so petty on twitter absolutely love it oh, uh, all right let's take a break people. we come back uh we go back to the game last night we, we asked some questions or really casey asked questions yesterday how did those results pan out what well, we were talking about some of the topics to watch and uh gotta get gotta talk a little arden key somewhere in here too along the way because two sacks is he about to elevate his career coming off a nice season, a career season last year? And that could be a sneaky good signing for Trent Falky, Doug Peterson, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We are live in Canton, Ohio, here on a Friday. Continue to celebrate Baselli and Butler, Jacksonville Jaguars, city of Jacksonville. What a week in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, it's hard, you know, because this game is so uh, it's so violent, and and uh, the the impacts out there, you know, can you lose one player, two players, you know, and it it, it can it can turn your year around in a, in a hurry. Um, so you do balance it, and you make sure that you know we still have a long way to go before we get to the regular season, and and uh, you know I think our starters know that, and um, you know we still have. Still have a lot of things to work on in camp, you know, being mindful that we're still in camp and uh, um, just looking forward to this next opportunity. That is Doug Peterson last night and, and really uh, kind of punches home what we were talking about earlier. The Jacks don't have a lot of depth. Like, their depth shouldn't really be as good as everybody else if you just look at the timetable of where they've been, wins and losses, construction of their team. It's got to get better now. Uh, but depth does matter on a football team. I don't think you need 53 that are unbelievable, but you certainly have to be able to stopgap injuries along the way or work around them. And last night was kind of evident it's uh-oh time potentially if the Jags lose a couple, a few players. And I'm not even sure they have to be their best players, but they might have, be a little leaky in spots if uh, the injury bug hits the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martin alive in Canton, Ohio, as we continue to celebrate. Tony Baselli and Leroy Butler in the class of 2022. Uh, 12 o'clock tomorrow, enshrinement here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Shack Studios. All right, guys, let's get back to the game uh, yesterday. And uh, before the game, Aaron, you asked me a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, let's see how all that played out. What did you ask me? Yeah, I can't so remember. First, <laughs> first thing, you, you and my wife. First and foremost, <laughs> I asked you about the kickers, right? What you needed to see from the kickers. I'm curious, did you see what you wanted to see? Uh, probably not what I wanted to see because if Ryan Santoso makes the 60-yarder, I think we're buzzing. Yeah, sure. You I mean, know? It was close. It was about, what, a couple yards short? Uh, no, it wasn't short. It was right. 
Uh, right, like, not he has sure. plenty right, of legs. Right, right, right. right. That's plenty right. of legs. So what it was like, wow, he has got a big leg. And and we all have said this. Go look at his height and weight. He looks like a tight end. Up. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a really like big six, guy. Like 6'5", 250 or something like that. Really big guy. So it's no surprise. That he, I mean, he really has like a Sebastian Janikowski, <laughs> like more slender feel to him. Great kicker. Sebastian Janikowski. This is unbelievable what's happening right here. We're giving this guy praise for missing. And for being I, know, I knew you were going to say that. But he did I, I actually think, it. listen, we can we can sit here and say that, but li- who who did you come away with? Who do you want to be your kicker right now, Fry or Santoso? Right. He wants Fry. That's right. <laughs> listen, uh, Fry's not real, so we'll go with Santoso. It's the weirdest take I've heard yet, and I've heard a lot of weird takes. The, accurate. Well, I know Matthew, but you have two options. Then the, the guy that almost made it from six. Santoso, come Santoso. on. But a Santoso stunner. Who doesn't want that? Okay, so I saw a no lot of reactions. People like, are getting hurt, by the way. This dude's leg is massive. The, like, the kick is not accurate, but he's hitting people, and it hurts because his leg is huge. He wasn't the one who kicked anybody. Dangerous. I, I actually did think of this, and maybe this is just a, 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 again, maybe this is the bad mentality. You might be right. People might be right because I saw some of the reaction on Twitter. It's like, hey, Brent, the idea is to put it through the uprights. Well, let's, don't we all know that 60 yards, like what's the make percentage on 60 yards? It's super low. Obviously. Zero if you yeah. play for the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> Most Not teams. really. Not really. We got a 59-yarder from Scobie. I mean, we're close. So um, we've had some big ones now. We've had some big kicks. But I can't imagine the percentage is that high. And so when you see a quality kick on a wet field at the logo on a field that really doesn't house a lot of NFL games and it goes like 70-something yards, like that, that made me feel okay about him, and he just missed getting it inside the upright. Like, so I actually think there was something to be gained for Santoso. I thought so. By missing. Yeah. I, I thought – Obviously, he didn't show you what you really wanted to see from a kicker to make you go, okay, that problem is solved. But I'm looking at the guy going, all right, he's got leg to him. You know, if he can get it through the uprights on uh, some of the short and mid stuff, I think you're okay. Well, let's be real here. Now he has to go make kicks, right? Yeah, he yeah. has to make the 46-yarder, the 32-yarder, the, the extra points. Oh, by the way, the touchback looked awfully nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, Fry makes the 46-yarder. So who's ahead in the clubhouse? Well, Fry to- making the 46-yarder or the idea that you've got, like, a booming leg on the sideline in Santoso? And quite frankly, I think people like the idea of that. Uh, and prior to the miss... Santoso stunners, he was eight of his last eight in practice. So it's not like he can't make those. He just didn't have an opportunity last night. This is going to play out throughout camp, okay? So it's it's not like it's over next week. I think we're, we might even see another kicker come through here. And I'm not sure either one of these guys is the guy. I really am not. But I, it was like, okay, in that setting to, to hit what I would think a kicker would call a pretty clean kick. Just pushed it a little to the right. Remember, we've had a Scobie on a lot. And what we see a lot of kickers do now is they will, will curve it in. They'll draw it in. And that's not intentional. That's a missed kick mm. in a kicker world. The idea is to hit it straight. And he did kind of hit it straight, just pushed it a little bit to the right. So uh, we'll see what happens. I, I thought it was an okay start if he now makes field goals after uh, for Santoso. But I don't think anything was determined last night, Aaron, on the kicker front. Fair enough. Moving over to the backfield. We thought we'd see, uh, you know, Snoop Connor last night. We thought maybe we'd see two, possibly three people out of the backfield, and we saw a little bit more than that. You saw Sargent carry the ball five times. Connor was in there with four carries. Cottrell even showed up with three carries out of the backfield. What did the play last night from the running back group and the people rushing out of the backfield, what did that show you? Nothing. <laughs> it's worth nothing, huh? Really, it was. Next question. 
Uh, by the way, though, as I type this up, it's pretty cool that we have a Snoop, a Rock, and a Sergeant in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> the WWE of backfields. Yeah. And the greatest thing about Makai Sergeant is he is from Key West. I love that. Like, have you ever oh, been to Key West guy. and seen, seen the high school? Right? Have you been down there? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like they produce athletes. It's like wild. Like, isn't that weird to have come from Key West? Like, where do you even play? You have to drive like 12 hours to play a high school football game or something. Um, or both. I don't know. But uh, that's the interesting nugget on Makai Sargent. And he got a lot of work in that second half. But sure. come on, that was the second half. And, and I didn't even watch that much, I don't think. And but uh, the, um, the, you know, I wanted Snoop Connor. I didn't mind what I saw. But I can't sit here and tell you. I was like, whoa. I'm impressed. I mean, two-and-a-half-yard average on his count as four carries is not necessarily uh, setting anyone on fire. And was that more the offensive line and the lack of push? Potentially. Potentially. But you still would have liked to see him break off a run here, an eight-yard or show a little something. Again, some tough yards, tough running. I'm not down on him. I just don't – I don't know if I saw anything that's like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see more. I, I didn't do that with the running backs, and Raquel Armstead's in this category, too. And I've seen Nate Cottrell do that late-game stuff anyway. I just think he's probably a guy and a practice mm-hmm. squad guy at best for them. So uh, I didn't learn much about the depth of the running back field is what I'm getting at. So that actually, I have, I have a prediction that you may be repeating yourself, but same question now looking at the receiving crew. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. No, we nothing. learned something. What'd you learn, Case? We got some guys to cut. Well, yeah. You know, you know, the funny thing is the Hall kid looked really fast. Didn't he? Did he on TV? Did he look fast? No, he looked like he was fumbling on TV. Well, he fumbled after a fact, but he looked like he had a really good speed and quickness to me. Um, I was surprised we didn't see much out of Winningham, though I will say this. I'm not sure if that was more on the quarterback play because quarterback play certainly wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, I mean, Luke Farrell got in the action, catching the pass. Luke Farrell was okay. Yeah, three for 43, 14 and a half He was super open on that one play. That was like the best play design of the game. Yeah, so I didn't learn much about the receivers guys either. And and I will say this. Now, the moment for Willie Johnson that got called back, the punt return, and then he later made some more catches. Like, I think that night for Willie, like he might have been the biggest stock-up guy of the night other than Trayvon. Like, because if I'm... I don't care. I know there's a holding, and that's maybe why some of it happened, and it gets called back. But I still want to see that guy do what he did. He can't control the guy holding, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and then he later caught some passes and made a nice catch on a ball. I think that was a little bit behind him. I actually, Willie, now, Willie Johnson ain't making the roster. But I think for his NFL film, for his career, for his potential to hang around on a practice squad, get some more opportunities, I think that was a big night for a guy like Willie Johnson, a rookie out of Marshall. Uh, again, I don't think he's going to be much of a factor here in Jacksonville, at least in the time being. But he could get himself on a practice squad if he has a couple more moments like that in the month of August. We're all looking at a guy like Winningham. Maybe it's a guy like Willie Johnson who can help out in special teams and other areas that makes his way into a practice squad spot. So uh, nothing from really anything on the offense, I don't think, Aaron, including running backs and receivers for me. Fair enough. And that's what you had predicted before the game. But, you know, if... We're not seeing anything about the players. What about the plays? You see a lot of these guys lining up in the backfield and out wide and in the slot. Did that tell you anything about the kind of style Peterson is hoping to bring to the team this year? I actually thought we'd see more of what Peterson kind of usually does. I felt like we saw more of the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, what he might do with the screen game and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't, I don't think I did. I thought I'd see a little more Doug in the offense. Um, 
And maybe I missed it. Casey, did that jump out on the TV? But it didn't from the press box view for me. Nah, not really. It didn't. It didn't jump out. I'm not surprised we didn't see more of it though, because, I mean, from that video that came out before the game and the inactives, like you knew you weren't getting much of anything on the offense. So I could understand why. Hey, just vanilla. Let's move on until we get some of our guys to see what they can actually do in those positions. I will say. Not in terms of the Jags, but are you surprised that Josh Jacobs was, like, out there for a good bit? A good yeah, bit, was. too. Yeah, Surpri- I was surprised, and I think a lot of folks, I don't follow the Raiders very closely, but I think a lot of people were surprised to see that. Yeah, they didn't pick up his, like, fifth-year option. They're like, all right, bro, you got to play in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> yeah, we're going to run it to the ground. We're getting 20 uh, games out of you this year. To, to answer your, uh, extend your question a little bit on the defensive side, that we, we said this yesterday, we're not going to know what this defense looks like. Right. So we really didn't see much from a, uh, this multiple look, uh, different looks, and a lot of that goes into game planning too. So no surprise there from it. They were very vanilla, and uh, I think that's where we're going to get the entire preseason. I think we'll get a little more of the offensive side against uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, but I think we'll be very vanilla from a look standpoint on the Jacksonville Jaguars defensively. They might throw a blitz in there and a wrinkle just to, to see, but not much. I do think, uh, is it, was that all the questions? We got one more. Obviously, we dissected uh, Trayvon Walker's performance, but uh, any other rookies stand out to you or first-year guys on the team that well, really think- stood out to you did some work last night? Well, I think Fortner had some moments. Like I don't watch the center position much, but I saw a couple of plays where I was like, oh, that was really good. And then I saw a couple plays where eh, that wasn't so good. And he acknowledged that in the post game. Uh, Casey, let's, if we have uh, Luke Fortner, let's get him ready uh, before we go to a break because he acknowledged that I thought it was pretty interesting. And I don't know if we'll hear this part, but I'll tell you uh, regardless that he said I, they were trying to work some of my habits out of me from the college days hmm. here in camp and in the spring. And unfortunately, I referred back to those at times. And so I thought it was a pretty astute, you know, comment coming right off the field that that he thought he did okay, but then on the plays that he didn't, he, ref- he kind of went back to his, his bad habits, if you will. So I thought that was pretty good from a rookie to be able to already understand that. And he's probably told that on the sideline a bit, too. <laughs> uh, but it told, show, shows you a little bit about the maturation process that needs to take place for a young man like that who has been thrown into the starting center position and still – admittedly has some work to do uh, before we get to the start of the regular season on September 11th. We're able to catch up with Luke Fortner after the game last night. Well, how was it? You guys got a pretty good amount of action uh, in that first half. Yeah, it was great to get out there with the guys and uh, finally be in a real game against other people and uh, be able to be out there with the, my new Jaguars teammates. Were you surprised at all your plan? But did you think that was the plan all, all along? Um, and, and are you glad that you were able to get some early action? Yeah, I was really glad. Uh, definitely get that, you know, that first game jitters out and, and be able to finally do the thing. And, uh, you know, you talk and talk and all this build up about it. So to finally get out there is really great. What did uh, you get a lot of folks back home and what are some of that stuff and saying, I mean, nationally televised audience, everybody could watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was born in Cleveland here and lived in Toledo for a while. So uh, close to home for me as well. You're a young guy, but just ask Walker this too. I mean, offensive tackle goes in the Hall of Fame, first Jag. I mean, can you appreciate that, understand that, even though uh, you're obviously a pretty young guy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he called my name in the draft, so it's kind of a surreal moment to play in this game and, and watch him, you know, uh, be celebrated. It's, it's really cool. They put you out there with the ones right at the start of camp. Uh, how have you accepted the challenge, the role, and you feeling more comfortable as we now will embark on week three? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the older guys really kind of take me under their wing and help me out and uh, made sure I didn't feel, you know, too uncomfortable, just just uncomfortable enough, so, but uh, nothing too crazy. So they've helped me out a lot and definitely feeling better as we move forward. They need to help him with that nose whistle. Oh, my God. 
just uncomfortable enough. Deafening. <laughs> how about that? Uh, which was pretty good uh, by Luke Fortner. We'll see how he continues to uh, grow in that position, and they're forcing him into it now. He's going to be able to handle it. But I do think, I do think we'll see some moments. I mean, if you go over the last week, Monday practice again, uh, I said I wasn't there. We are at the high school media day. But there were some reports that it wasn't great at times for Luke Fortner, and that's on Tuesday morning when Doug Peterson said, hey, he's been unbelievable. Like, he really backed them up. And he's like, this guy's been unbelievable so far. And we love him. Like, the, he has been effusive with praise for Luke Fortner. And then you go to Thursday night's game, and, again, I think you see some moments of, of brilliance and why they picked him and why they like him and what they're falling in love with. And then you see some rookie moments and some young guy moments adapting to the NFL. I don't know if that changes is what I'm saying in September and October. Like, there might be some growing pains at that center position uh, in the first half of the season, and then you hope he really gets acclimated in a hurry. Uh, and the same goes for a guy like Walker Little, uh, who hasn't played a lot of football over the last few years. Uh, but uh, Luke Fortner, Walker Little getting out there for an entire first half and costing me now $40. Ah. Uh, Got, him. Got him. Uh, Nicely done. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, I do think we need a moment on Arden Key. Is that good to see? Do you have some faith in him, confidence in him? Uh, we also have football at five. We'll hear from some more of the guys along the way out of last night's game and get you set for the weekend enshrinement and what the heck else is going on in the world of sports. Uh, we'll hit some of those topics coming up next on ESPN 690. Operationally, it's it, it, again, it's, it's something that's hard in preseason because you got so many guys. Um, but I think offense and defense, the, the personnel was good. Uh, special teams is where it gets, you know, very impactful with the amount of guys you're trying to get in the football game and, and try to sub for. So, um, you know, other other than that, I mean, really didn't have any significant uh, penalties that way. You know, delay games or anything like that that really cost us because of uh, you know personnel. It seems like a simple thing, but lining up, snapping the football, like the exchange that happened on fourth and one, where the fumble was, to not get delay of game penalties and procedure penalties and things like that, that actually is important to coaches especially, you know, because I think it uh, shows they can at least do that. <laughs> Listen, you'd be like, Brian, what are you talking about? <laughs> there have been moments, like the first play of last year, <laughs> where they couldn't get the snap off. The first play from scrimmage. That's rough. Against Houston. I mean, mm. we should have known. Yeah. We should have known. Can't put too much on one play, I guess. But we should have. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Let's talk some football stuff uh, coming up football at 5 because that's what we do. We've got the enshrinement, more Baselli, more Butler, more class of 22. A little more on the Jags game, like Arden Key I want to get into. Uh, we have some more conversations with players like Arden Key. Uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers and the psychedelic stuff, uh, get into that. Uh, also, Matthew Stafford, uh, the old baseball player, has a baseball injury. Danger perhaps. in La La Land. And that could be a big deal for a guy we know in Johnny Wolford, uh, the backup quarterback of the Rams. So we talk about that football at five. You know, I was thinking about this Super Bowl party, uh, Super Bowl party, the uh, Hall of Fame parties, and I'm sure every one of them has them. Uh, I know the Jags have been very kind in assisting Tony Baselli and helping put together this party, and I know there's a it's a big buck party. Let's just say that. What's like a big dollar party? It depends on the context, right? Like if you called if you told me a wedding, 
I would say uh, anything above 60 grand is pretty expensive for a wedding. But like when you get to the six figures, you're talking about rich people's wedding, right? Yeah. So, so is that what happens? Like uh, if you're, if you're like really have a lot of money. Are we talking potentially a six-figure wedding? I used to valet park when I lived up in the uh, the land oh, the land of the Yankees. Oh boy, here we go. And uh, so did Brent Martin. <laughs> Love valet. Park. Were you a manager, bro? I was a manager for a little bit. No, I wasn't. I, I didn't right. manage. Anything. I told I told peasants like you what to do. But uh, <laughs> over over at valet parking, you know, I was always very curious about some of these parties. These were fairly lavish parties. Uh, a lot of these weddings that I used to valet park at were like two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars. And you go, well, where does that money go? A lot of it goes into, like, the flowers and the set design of the whole thing. Like, where does the money go at the Hall of Fame party? I, well, first of all, you get, it depends on how many people. And I think, like, potentially there's a lot of people here. And, I mean, if there's, let's just say there's 250 people. That's like a big wedding back home, yeah. That's a big wedding. So I could see, um, I don't know what the dollar value is on each person. You got a plate for everybody and the multiple uh, courses. Sure. Yeah. So what's twenty five? What's two hundred fifty times like a hundred? That's uh, two hundred and fifty. No, it's twenty five thousand. So that's twenty five thousand. So could, are, you, are you putting like maybe it's a bigger party than two fifty? Are you putting like maybe five hundred dollars a head on everybody? Yeah. If the it's place fancy you rent food. out, the yeah. kind of food that you're bringing. A wagyu in. steak or something. I mean, listen, Shot Khan's going to this thing, okay? <laughs> Shot Khan doesn't get out of bed unless the party starts at $500,000. <laughs> We're not talking about, like, chicken fingers. Shot's driving the kismet to a party that's going to cost thirty grand. I don't think so. <laughs> so, I I don't know that, though. Like, we have some high-roller people, quiet money, they call it, in Ponte Vedra. Yeah. Like, if somebody has a big party in their backyard on the intercoastal or on the ocean in Ponte Vedra, I mean, is, is it, like, a $100,000 party? Yeah, I'm sure they find a way to get that done. I agree with you, like, but I don't think on this thing, I don't think, like, the setup, like, the flowers mm-hmm. and the balloons and all. Yeah. Like, I don't think the cost is there. I think the cost is in the alcohol. And the food. And the food. Yeah. And then whatever place you got to rent out. I honestly don't even know where it is, but you got to, wherever you got to rent it out. So, yeah. athlete families with the food, you know you're feeding a ton of people there. Big, big menus. Yeah. So, anyway, I just wondered. I, I don't even know. I remember going to the NFL owners meetings a few years back. It was in Miami, and we went to this, like, owners meeting kind of Saturday night party where media was invited, and it was pretty lavish now. Like, it was top shelf. Like, the the food they had out there was like, wow. It was memorable. That's cool. You know, and I don't really care about that kind of stuff, but it was memorable. Why are you going to the parties and send me and Casey? We care about that stuff. I know. So, you know, no, that's the other thing is people really care about going yeah, to the party. Yeah, like I've had, I know some of the guys going there, like so jacked up that they're excited to <laughs> go into the party. I'm like, really? We're just gonna stay at the Airbnb and pound some bear, get to breathe some rarefied air next to all the celebs and A-listers. Of, Come on, got plenty of beer to drink. Gonna, can't take <laughs> it on the flight home. Wait, Brent's <laughs> hanging out with Natty Light. You should be hanging out with some stars. Right, so we are going to Natty Light. Hey, here. Me and Aaron will be here. <laughs> you can drink it all. Neither uh, will we'll be, we'll be back. <laughs> Football at 5 on ESPN 690. Uh, we got a lot of Jags topics and, and other football topics to talk about. Stafford and Rodgers as well on the way. 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.